Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode on Here Comes the Sun podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest with me. I have Benjamin or Ben Perez with me today. We're going to be talking about so many great things. So welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, I'm super. I've been following your account and you will post so many things that I can relate about college and just about navigating higher education. So to get started, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your upbringing, y de donde eres, where is your family from, and then we can move on later to your educational journey. Uh, yeah, uh, well, a ver, donde comenzamos, no? Um, I was born and raised in Salinas, California, how we call it, the salad bowl. The area code is 831, so for those of the folks who are from the area, they'll know kind of like what I'm talking about, el 831. Um, born and raised there, I have a younger brother and an older brother. So growing up in Salinas, I have, I mean, a lot of family members who live there. Mis papas son mexicanos, so they immigrated in the 80s and um and yeah like just just first generation college student first generation professional mucho is the first generation but salinas california was an interesting place to uh, be raised in porque es una ciudad typically like the majority is an immigrant family town so everybody that lives there there's a lot of fields, so mucha gente viene para cultivar la, los files. Um, entonces vienen de México, Centroamérica, the Philippines. There's a lot of immigration from the Philippines. And, and yeah, so like it's, there's there's a lot with a lot of immigration like that. There's a lot of, unfortunately, uh, poverty. Entonces con la pobreza vienen las, posiblemente las drogas por querer este, buscar, uh, como te diré, Another way to like survive, no? Survival mode. And that's unfortunately what happens in Salinas. So growing up in Salinas was always kind of watching your back in a sense, especially as a Latino male um, growing up there, porque fácilmente te pueden catalogar como X, Y, or Z, no? So it's, it was, uh, I would say growing up in Salinas was such a great experience because it taught me a lot about life. It taught me a lot as well as growing up in a, in a town like that. And, more importantly, it taught me to really appreciate mi cultura, no? La cultura más que nada. Yeah, I can, I can agree. Like, siempre, I like to ask this question about your upbringing. I like to ask these questions because muchas veces those things is what shape us in how we pursue education or the way we, we say, you know, I saw somebody have a life. And I, I don't want my life to be like that. Or como dices tú, miramos la pobreza y dice uno, no, I don't want to through that struggle. And I would do anything in my power to not be that. Y luego ver eso y decir, you know what, I'm going to come back and I'm going to try to do my best and be an advocate for the future generations para que no miren lo mismo que yo miré o, o pase lo que, lo que yo pase o lo que yo miré. So I think that's why it's so important to, to tell our stories de donde venemos because el día de mañana we're going to be in another situation, you know, when we're not professionals, como dices tú, when we're first-gen professionals. But if we bring our whole selves, our whole stories to, to whatever we do and we share these stories, it, it just shapes a new future. So thanks so much for sharing that about your upbringing and, and Salina. So now tell us, 
you know, now that you that you grew up in Salinas, how was your educational journey? Was it a challenge for you? Was there any resources? Because it's Salinas, we know that it's a it's a, a, a community where it's a lot of farm workers, and we know I personally know that there's not enough access. So can you tell us about your educational journey? A dónde fuiste a la escuela? And 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 the the steps that it took for you to get there. Of course, like I don't want to sound pessimistic, no, like que todo. Oh, look at me, like all these bad experiences, all these struggles. Of course not. There was great times too. You know, those good things that happened. Growing up in Salinas, yes, there's a lot of gang violence. There's a lot of, um, unfortunately, growing up like that. Like I mentioned earlier, you do go through so many things, and you have to always be watching your back and knowing. Who do you hang out with and where you have to dress? How do you have to dress? How do you have to walk? How do you have like a specific haircut? You can't be this, this and that or else you're going to be look like X, Y, and Z, like I said earlier. However, though, when I mentioned going to Salinas in education as well, which we'll I'll go jump in right now. There's a lot of like beauty in, in La Cultura, no? Como te dije, you can drive around the streets in Salinas and you'll see a lot of murals sobre um, the culture, no? You can drive around and go and uh, see the culture like surviving, no, uh, selling fruit in las calles, vendiendo comida in las calles. Always, always seeing how the, that this idea of like trabajar duro para poder sobrevivir is there. So all those things are part of my experience. Not to mention seeing my parents go through uh, different stages of their lives with me, without me, and obviously now that I moved away. But I agree, completely agree with you what you said. Those experiences and the society that we are raised in, we can, nos marca, nos inspira. There's a lot of teachings, but I take those experiences with me in anything that I do to try to inspire and make change in my culture as well. No, so one of my biggest dreams is to try to give back to Salinas. Because growing up there and going to school there, which is your, your question, is wasn't definitely, it's not the same anymore. No, things have changed. There's a lot of us, first gen, people born in the 80s, people born in the 90s who are getting their degrees and going back and working as teachers, working as counselors, working at, in community organizations to continue supporting the generation and the community there. And mucho trabajo está haciendo, and I really applaud that. And I wish I had the opportunity to do the same. So one day, no sé cómo. Mi manera, but I will try to give back to where I'm from. And growing up, education-wise, in Salinas was definitely its own unique experience. Porque during that time, I don't know about now, but during that time, seeing a Latino or Latina uh, teacher or administrator was very rare. It was like that one administrator or that one teacher. Oh yeah, Miss Miss Ospina, or hey, you know, Señora Paricio. But other than that. White people, you know, the, I remember my teachers in the beginning, I started taking bilingual classes. My parents placed me there because pues yo era el primero en, en crecer en este país. I have an older brother, but he was living during that time in Sinaloa because my mom is from Sinaloa and my dad is from Colima. So they, they met here and then she had him. So he stayed over there. It's a long story there, right? But they had me here, my, my dad and my mom, and then I started attending school. So Como ellos no sabían inglés, they placed me in bilingual classes. From, I would say, preschool to, I think, third third grade. Yeah, third grade. So my teachers were bilingual. Not necessarily all of them were Latinos but or Latinx, but they were bilingual. So they were able to communicate with my parents and, and, and et cetera, right? For what I could remember. 
but then the switch came. The switch came when I had to be in full English classes. Full English classes meant being in classes with folks who were not just Latino. Because in bilingual classes, there was all Latino students, the teachers, again, bilingual. So I felt very comfortable being there. I felt that I belonged. People were talking in Spanish. My parents, or my mom at least, was able to volunteer and, and provide cupcakes on my birthday or balloons, blah, blah. So sentía como era parte de mi familia, como cuando me juntaba con mis primos en la, en la casa on the weekends. But the switch came. The switch came when I was in fourth grade. Pure English classes meant students, like I said, classmates who are white now, classmates who are Asian, classmates from different backgrounds, and teachers now who were white. That was definitely a, a culture shock, I would say. Um, now that I'm talking to you about this, I'm actually reflecting about that because um, that it was a culture shock for me, even if I was in the same school. That last school, I, I went to like four or five elementary schools, by the way. That school, I was there for like a couple of years. And then that was my last grade, fourth grade, before I, we, my parents bought a house. And then we moved to a safer, nicer area. And what does that mean? A white community. So we, we moved to the west side of Salinas and that meant I had to attend a different elementary school. And that elementary school meant the majority were white students or white students. And then some Latinos or diverse uh, students, but none of them really spoke Spanish like like me. You know, coming from a school from the east side or east south Salinas, where the majority of the students, like I said, were Latinos, except for a few or here and there. No. So, yeah, um, that that switch and that change really um, it was a culture shock, like I mentioned. Now my English was kind of like always not necessarily criticized, but always like in the conversations. I had an accent growing up. I still like, I feel like I still do. Who knows? No sé. A lo mejor ya lo mejor. But I would always be pulled from classrooms because my English wasn't up par to the rest of my classmates, no, according to them. And maybe it was true. Maybe it was true, but I didn't understand what was going on. My parents didn't understand either. They were just saying he's not doing well in this subject. So me jalaban, and I would have to go and, and do English as a second language um, activities or support uh, yeah. work. Y eso, la verdad, eso me marcó mucho. A los no sé cuántos años tiene uno en fourth grade, but at that age, fifth grade and sixth grade, and in middle school, and even in high school. I had to take reading classes, um, support class for anybody whose English wasn't at, at that level. Um, as I, I think by the time I was a senior, I was kind of forced to be put, or they forced me to put, me pusieron en las clases con todos los demás para poder graduarme, pero sí me marcó. So I would say my academic, at least in that sense, when it comes to English as a second language, they made it clear to me that English was my second language and that I did not speak it fluently and in any time when I was supposed to talk to like a teacher or a teacher was talking to me in English like a white teacher I would shut down like no no sabía no no hablaba like no no respondía me decían oh Ben um this this and this I would stay quiet maybe I'll respond a word I'll la cabeza my parents always kind of taught me whether good or bad this habit of no me mires los ojos type of thing you know which we can talk about that culture situation <laughs> al ratito. Pero, so no, yo no mira los ojos, me um, cohibía, como decían, and I was shut down because I felt like, well, I can't communicate with this person. And doing presentations, ya, can, ya te podrás imaginar. It was the worst. Mm -hmm. Public yeah. speaking, <laughs> going in front of that, it was already nerve-wracking nerve enough. But then having to go up there and try to speak, in English, speak a language that I was told that I'm, that I'm not 
I can't speak. So it was, it was, um, it was challenging for sure. I don't remember a lot of those moments, but I do remember the main pieces that I'm telling you. And it, it was, I don't want to say it sucked, but si fue, si me condicionaron, podría decir, me condicionaron, no me explicaron. Cada año, no me explicaron. This is why you're here. Or, hey, you're awesome. You can do this or whatever. You know, not necessarily. It was more of like, everybody, it's time to watch a movie. Or, hey, everybody, we're going to paint some fun activities. Oh, Ben, you have to go with this person and get out of the classroom because you're going to do this. I'm like, what the heck? So I had to go and be placed with students who just came from another country to try and speak English. Like I told you, the ABCs. But yeah, eso es en cuestión académico. That's what it was. Um, in one part of the experience in my time in Salinas, but yo creo que ahorita ojalá, I want to believe that it's changed with more people or diverse uh, staff members who can actually communicate with parents and tell them you know, what's going on as, as well as the student. Yeah, and I Ben, I really, you know, appreciate your, you sharing your upbringings because I think that's where we, that's where we get our power from, you know, because if we don't talk about these experiences, when you're experiencing those times being coming from an immigrant family like our parents are like pues más vete a la escuela like like they don't have the resources or the knowledge because o sea un montón de cosas les está pasando they're like they have a mentality where it's like we have to survive aquí no tenemos tiempo de ver emocionalmente cómo estás o, o cositas así that they matter so much or they matter of like being seen y, y ver that you're more than just reading or being at the level where you're supposed to be. But I think, you know, now with generations, como dices tú, you know, in the 90s it, or the 80s, it was different. But a lot of things are shifting. We are seeing more people of color in these positions at a young at a young level that they're interacting and they're saying, yes, like bring your whole self. Cuando tres, cuando you have a project and your parents, I remember, <laughs> me estoy acordando de a little project that my dad, I had to do like a, like a mission, like, and then my dad took me to like the 99 cent store. He compré todas estas cositas chiquitas. Everybody's little casita looked different, but my dad was able to help me make my casita because he made his casita back when he was in, in Jalisco with rocks. He's mm. like, now you have all this stuff. And it's like, I just bring that story up because it's like, that's what shaped us. That's what really, you know, made us who we are. And I think now that we, that we have a vision or we have this, we share this experiences, maybe we, this podcast, this episode, somebody is a parent and maybe they can talk to their children and make them seem like you're good enough. And if you're placed in this class, it's just going to be temporary. You know, I said, para todo el tiempo like you you are good enough the way you are and don't let that you know discourage you and just make sure that kids feel that they are not like pointed out and stuff like that but i but i truly truly appreciate you ben sharing that with me thank you for for asking me the question i think como te digo, it's, it's stuff that i haven't i mean i've shared maybe here and there whether it's in a live or or with with people and I've talked, pero como te digo, just talking to you right now, I get to actually reflect on how, I, like I said, the word is perfect. I was conditioned, no? And, or the phrase, because even when I was in class or in school, and I'll tell you this part too, speaking Spanish was lo peor, no? The teachers would be like, and even students themselves would be like, oh, speak English is America. 
this is the United States or America. You know, they don't really say United States. They say this is America. And I would like, they would tell me and like my classmate who was Latina or Latino. Yeah. Boom. You know, I would get in trouble if I was speaking Spanish. Oh, don't speak. Don't speak that here. Blah, blah, blah. So then again, another layer to the conditioning of you can't be yourself. Like you mentioned earlier, you can't be your authentic self. So I was, I was nothing. Yo llegaba de la escuela, iba a la casa. And what, I, what would I speak there? Puro Español. To my parents up to this day, I just speak to them in pure Spanish. Unless there's a word, you know how it is. Like there's like these specific words that you just can't, it just doesn't make sense in Spanish. Like, ¿cómo voy a traducir algo que no tiene sentido? I'll explain it to them where, however I can, but I just can't translate certain things. Uh, and that's how it goes both ways. No, pero up to this day, I speak to my parents in Spanish. Um, I try not to code switch with Spanglish. I feel like my preparation in, in Spanish as a Spanish major has really kind of like help me be able to make a differentiation between both, pero así es, como te digo, este, así pasó, and, y así, este, no nomás a mí, a muchos, ¿no? A muchos, este, me imagino que colegas que vivieron esa experiencia en escuelas con, con maestros anglosajones, como se le dice, ¿no? Para no decirles más feo. Y, and, and yeah, but that was just the academic piece to it. Like I said, in classes that I didn't have to talk, I was the best student when it comes to math, more than anything. I didn't really have to talk, I just have to do what I had to do. If I was told to go up to the board, there it is. Sit down. I don't have to say nothing. And where places where I can actually be myself were in the Spanish classes. So maybe that's why I became a Spanish major. Maybe that's how it started. Maybe it started when I did, when started doing bilingual classes and I don't remember. But then in high school, well, actually in eighth grade, when we were kind of like signing up for high school, I don't know, there was like this weird process. We had to like, you were placed in a room. Anybody that's going to North Salinas High School, go to that room. Anybody that's going to the other high schools, et cetera, go to those rooms. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to this one. So I'm going to go to that room. It was like a bunch of uh, white uh, ladies counselors with like um, some type of application. I don't know what it was. And they were basically saying that you had to go pick, fill it out with your information and then pick what foreign language you would want to um, kind of take in high school. I don't know why, but that's kind of what it was back then. And they clearly told all of us in the room who, for the most part, like I said, Latinos, pick a foreign language and it better not be Spanish because you already speak Spanish. But if you pick Spanish, you're going to get in trouble. Te vamos a sacar and whatever. And I'm like, oh, what? So like I was scared, right? I'm like, okay, well then I'm looking down at the paper. Well, what the heck did I put? No? But was it French? Hey, what are you putting? Was French? Okay, well, I put French. Wouldn't you? No? So um, I... I put French. I started, I think I, I took French my freshman year and then French again my sophomore year, something like that. Um, it was cool. I mean, it, it, I didn't dislike it. It was it was fun. Um, no one in the classroom knew what the heck we were doing in French classes, but the idea of being told one more time, you cannot pick Spanish because ustedes ya saben. What the heck? You're setting me up for failure. Like So once I was in high school and I started knowing that other Latinos were actually taking Spanish classes in the high school, I'm like, what the heck? How come I can't take them? So when I had the opportunity to, I think we had like opportunity to pick two or three classes for electives. I didn't pick anything else, but I picked aside from the two Spanish classes. So I took my senior year actually two Spanish classes, Spanish one and Spanish two or something, whatever it was called. And no te voy a mentir, era la primera vez que yo podía ser yo mismo, ¿no? En un salón. My first teacher, she was from Spain. I remember walking into the classroom in North Salinas High and, you know, a bunch of Latinos sitting there. But then I look at her and she looks like a white 
she's young, but she looks white. And I was like, oh, what the heck? Here we go again. No, another white teacher. So I sit down. And I mean, I was, it's the first culture shock, I guess, outside. Because like growing up in Salinas, for the most part, it's like Mexicanos who are there. And we don't, we don't, we're not exposed to a lot of other Latino groups, except for here and there, un salvadoreño, una familia de Guatemala, etc. Like a little bit of Centroamericanos. Pero for me, being ignorant, be like, oh, we're all Mexican. So I'm sitting in that classroom and I see my Spanish class y la señora o la muchacha, no sé cómo se le diga, la maestra, she starts talking and like, hola vosotros, que no sé, like from Spain, right? And I was like, oh, what? Like I've never seen anyone or heard, met anyone with Spanish. So she starts talking. I was like, wow, I was so captivated. Um, so ahí estábamos todos los jóvenes, ¿no? todos los muchachos, todos como bobos. And, uh, you know, so, but it was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I felt like I could be myself. And then I took Spanish too right away. Con el maestro Spina, um, a gentleman from Colombia. And I'm never going to forget both of them because I think, like I told you, it was the first time I felt uh, safe in a, in a classroom, be able to be myself. Uh, people who who didn't know me with, or who knew me outside uh, from other classes would be like, pero de cuando hablas tanto, no? En, los otros, en otras clases no, no hablabas nada. I'm like, well, I don't know. like. I don't know. You don't know me, <laughs> but it it was it was such an amazing experience. That senior year, I would say, was the best year of of high school. <laughs> I mean, obviously, right? It's like senior year, but mm -hmm. I would say it's because of I I just felt be able to be myself more, and my friends that I picked in high school um, changed throughout my time in high school, and I, and it has to do with what I'm telling you because um, I was part. Part of it was my community. No, so I had a lot of people who I knew because of middle school, elementary school. So then, fortunately, they they became or were involved in gangs. So I had a lot of friends who okay, they were mm -hmm. rep this or rep that or whatever. And at times, I also fell in into that whole idea of like, oh, I want to be like them. You know, let me let me walk a certain way or let me dress a certain way or let me cut my hair like this or talk like that. Blah blah blah. Um, but the volada, I would say it only lasts like a year and then I kind of got over it, even though certain things still stayed with me because it is what it is. But, um, I felt like a lot of my friends were people from Mexico, like people who, who came from like, who were immigrants here. And yeah. So like, that's where I felt like that's where I'm mm -hmm. belong. No, era mi gente con, con la persona uno con quien yo podía ser yo, me entendían todo lo que yo decía, yo entendía todo lo que ellos decían y muchas veces, growing up, siempre me preguntaban oh, ¿de, de, de dónde naciste? o ¿de dónde eres? me decían, oh, I'm here from ¿de Salinas. dónde eres? no, 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 ¿dónde <laughs> naciste? Uh, they're like, where were you born, bro? and I was like, what do you mean, where was I born? yeah, like, what part of, like, México were you born? what are you talking about? I'm telling you, I'm from right here, no, es que te estoy que soy de aquí no, no, que no eres, tú naciste en México, ¿por qué haces? Because, again, my mm -hmm. Spanish was so strong that it, it felt like I was from over there. And I'm like, no, pues, I mean, I wish, pero soy de aquí. Um, so it's, it was, a, it was an interesting thing, como te digo. But it, it, it all starts, like I told you, with being first generation in a school system that didn't understand how to support us. It didn't understand how to, un to like, see us as people, as a community, as, as a group of people that we're, in, we, they were trying to make us be fitting uh -huh. this American stereotype or this American values nonsense when in reality for them to adapt their 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 um, vision their school their curriculum to us no and there's still a lot of struggles today with that sense but but yeah como te digo, that's my K-12 and in certain pieces we can go deeper in different parts of of it, like I told you, pero es, es una, 
that's una cosa que te digo que I wouldn't change anything of it because like I've mentioned and I've always said it makes me who I am today, no? And lo bueno, lo, lo malo y lo bonito y lo feo, todo, ¿verdad? Este makes me who I am today and I wouldn't change that for, for nothing, no? Porque si no, who knows yeah, who, who I would totally, be. Totally, totally. And I think, Ben, you, you, you touch in it like super, super good. And I think one of the factors that you excelled in your Spanish class and that you felt safe was because was because you can be open about it and you can see I'm good at this and it's that confidence that really helps you excel and say shit I can take the whole world on if if I was in a community or in a setting like this you know and it makes you seem like you know like you know your past experiences like through through grade school were not the best experiences so when they're not these great experiences it's like ah la escuela para qué o sea ni me sirve ni me entienden ni o sea la escuela no está hecha para mí and like you just don't you don't look forward to it you're not even motivated but when you find that you're good at something and that you most importantly that they respect you for who you are and they respect your upbringings and your Spanish and, and, and everything as a whole, you you start doing better. You start feeling better. You start seeing other things in your life, like change and say, you know what? I prefer to be in this type of, of, of situation or I prefer to do this or I prefer to do that. And that's because of 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 the comfort and i think that that kind of leads me to my to my other question like you know how was your experience at san at college because at san, san jose state like it's different because now we get to we have this independence we have this this new structure of of i can do what i actually enjoy and i can actually excel if i find my community so so for you how was going to to san jose state La verdad, este junior year, right? So in junior year of high school, when um, you in, at the at North Salinas, you were told to go and meet with your high school counselor for one thing more importantly, to simply plan out your senior year. It's when I got to pick the Spanish classes, like I told you. But another piece of it that I would hear from my friends was college, right? Obviously, my parents me inculcaron que siempre la educación, que ir a la escuela es lo más importante, ¿no? Entonces yo a pesar de vivir y ver muchas cosas en la ciudad, around me, my friends, at the high school, I saw so many fights that I can, I mean, I saw so many things and which we can, again, we can touch on. But academically wise, though, my parents siempre, como te dije, they instilled in me something so valuable that Regardless of all that, I'm really grateful for them because it 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 put it still kept me there of like esta es la misión, no? And la misión is is my education, and I would get reminded each and every day of why that was important. Because whenever I would go home, I would see how tired they were, or I would see um, their experience as a marriage, the struggle with mm -hmm. money etcétera, etcétera. Entonces, ese era un recordatorio para mí de que yo tengo que echarle ganas porque si no, es basically una cachetada para ellos. So that was very strong in me and I think and I'm glad that I hope it helped push away everything else. I'm not going to say I'm the perfect child 
or that I did everything perfectly. Of course not. Along the way, like I told you, <clears throat> being silenced so much in a household with uh, the, the, I would say, domestic violence. Um, and in a school when I was told to shut up if I spoke Spanish. So I was silenced. Como te digo, no puedo hablar, no, no puedo expresarme. But when you're in, uh, an, adult, an adolescente, ya sabes cómo, cómo son esos... Somos rebeldes. Somos rebeldes, exactamente. Entonces, yo me rebeldé, tenía una rebeldía, un coraje por todo lo que, por muchas cosas, como te digo. Entonces, ya no me callan, ¿no? Pero that junior year, I met with Mrs. Gray. And junior year, second semester, she tells me, hello, blah, blah, blah. What classes do you want to take next semester? And we talked about that. And then I asked her a crucial question. I asked her, oh, well, she's like, any questions you have for me? I'm like, yeah, well, um, I, I want to, like, ask you about college. I didn't even know how to ask her. Again, white lady, really puffy hair. She looked like she was, but ya estaba mayor, no? So she looks at me, does this big old smile, you know, really uncomfortable smile, and turns around, gets, like, this phone book looking thing, y me lo da. She's like, everything that you need to know about college is in here. And I'm like, I look at the, the I look at it, and I'm like, okay, uh, thank you. And I go back to the classroom. I put that big old phone book in my my backpack and I get home and nothing happened. I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know nothing. So she didn't help me for, for nothing. No me dijo, this is where you, where you want to go. What do you want to study? This is your grades. This is what you can do. Blah, blah. This is what a CSU is. This is what a UC is. Nada. Entonces, pues dije, bueno, está bien. I don't, I don't even know what timelines were. I didn't know nothing. So then I started senior year, just like if it was junior year, just like if it was sophomore year, I pass my classes because that's what I was told to do graduated and then I wake up the next day from graduation and then well, what's next what do I do now my mom telling me yo, la pregunta no what's mi mamá, next ajá, mi mamá me decía entonces que este donde vas a vas a, a inscribirte para el jarnel and I was like well yeah that's what everyone does here in Salinas you know you graduate from high school which was a great achievement but then you have to go and enroll yourself in the community college because that's what everybody does there So I didn't never, growing up, before I entered community college, yo no conocía a nadie that looked like me that went to university or that had a degree um, that was born in Salinas and stuff. Like, I, I didn't know anybody. So that was my that my older brother. By then, he was already living in Salinas. So he, he went through the high school system. But coming from Mexico, he has a different mentality. So his mentality was more of like, don't go trabajar. He left school and he decided to just work. And for me, at starting community college, I'm like, okay, what's um, I'm starting community college with a bunch of friends because everybody from my school, everybody that I knew was doing the same thing. I'm like, great, we're all doing the same thing. This is the next step. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is my uh, future. But that that was a whole different world, no? Now you're in a school system, which is a C, uh, community college, California, com community college of California, something like that. Salia el sistema. Now you're in a system where, yeah, you you're taking classes, but no one cares. If you don't attend class, now you're in a school system where you make the decisions yourself, no? Um, and it's a lot of power and a lot of uh, responsibility to give a 17-year-old the decision of, here, decide your future. Tú sabrás lo que vas a hacer. Because even the counselors there were not as supportive. I mean, they would, they met with me when I applied um, because it's a requirement to, to do. But then after that, like, I've never got outreached at all from that lady who I met with. Um, and 
I got my first semester and then I went semester by semester with whatever the heck my friends were taking. Like, hey, wait, ¿qué vas a tomar tu último semester? Oh, well, I'm taking this, I'm taking that. I'm like, okay, pues, pues yo también, no, uh, whatever. I knew how to take English. I had the the, the CSU general GEs that I knew that I had to take because I kind of had an idea. No one explained to me what that was, but I saw friends will take that out and like right. some friends who were más aplicados que otros o que sabían. I know that that's what they were doing. I'm like, oh, that's what I got to do. So then I started kind of try to follow that. But like I said, I was a little bit rebelde. Um, I say a little bit, no, but I was rebelde. And then I was 17. No one would call home if I didn't go to class. Friends started having cars, driving. And hey, vamos, a donde vamos a tirar el rol, no? Entonces, where are we going? Oh, hey, vamos a ir a comer. Oh, let's go. Oh, we're going to go here. Great. Like now school was maybe from nine to one. 9 to 12, depending how many classes you take. Now, college life, right? And it wasn't no more from 8 to 3 or 8 to 4. So it was like all this liberty. So obviously, I would tell my mom, yeah, yo estoy en la escuela desde las 8 hasta las 3, 4 de la tarde. That wasn't true. So um, I was, según yo, queriendo ser rebelde. But that came with consequences, no? Missing, um, failing classes, not doing homework when I'm supposed to, losing the concentration, of structure you know there wasn't really a structure there i would say after my first three semesters in community college i had a gpa of a 0.8 uh, a bunch of f's a bunch of w's uh, maybe a c here and there math you know because i i like math and spanish those were kind of like the two that i was always doing well see the chiripa pasaba yo otra clase just because maybe the professor was just too nice and they're like ah oh, whatever or it was really easy to pass the class but Yeah, it was their first three semesters. I was not doing well, no. Me dejé llevar. And um, that came with a consequence, no? Porque entre que según yo me sentí un adulto and everything, like my actions uh, were affecting my academics. I was placed on financial aid probation. I was placed on academic probation. And just nomás para terminarlo todo con un cherry on top, how we say. Um, I got kicked out of the house. But again, trying to be talking back to my parents, uh, being stupid. So I got kicked out academically. I'm really bad. You know, it's like the worst. And I'm like, oh, I, I would say this is my first time in my life when I hit that, when I hit rock bottom. No, that was the very first time. Who do I go to? What do I do? My parents don't want to see me. I don't have family members who are in college. I'm like the only one, like legit, like desde los todos primos. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. So Um, I would give a shout out to some friends that I have during that time. Um, their names are Jorge and Reyes and a lot of other ones, but I would say them too the most. They they gave me shelter, guys or folks that I knew from high school, but we weren't really friends until community college. So I would say they they gave me shelter, um, gave me a place to 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 kind of like feel at home again in a sense. Pero yo creo que comenzó todo a ser el cambio, el giro en mi mente y en la vida. Me growing up with a lot of trauma, like I said, that's why I would lash out, uh, out a lot. My friend Reyes, he was in uh, Aztec dancing. So I um, I became, I started going with him because he would invite me. And I'd be like, that's, this is weird, dude. Like, what the heck? So like we would go and I would just sit on the side and then they would do the thing. And then we would leave. And then I would say I would went, I went like about two, three weeks like that. And many say, oh, you should try it out. You should try it out. And I'm like, nah, it's okay. You know, you know it's kind of like, no sé. Pero yo creo que después que de tanto que fui, de tanto que lo miré, 
it was always like practice outside. Like it was just like in El Parque. Pero un día fuimos and it was inside a gym. So I go inside the gym with him and I'm like, oh, okay, we're not at the park this time. So we're in the gym and the echo of the tambores and the sound. A los cinco minutos yo estaba danzando ahí con ellos, trying to figure out how to do that. So I would say Aztec dancing healed me. It helped me. It empowered me. And it let me express myself with dance. You know, you know what I mean? And again, I've never mentioned this actually to anyone. Um, así que es que, like in a podcast or at work or in life. We're getting the You're getting exclusive. the exclusive on this, yeah. <laughs> that was the first part in my academic, in my personal, in my in my healing piece, I guess. Now as an adult, I can reflect on that. Like I mentioned earlier, reflecting on the other piece. So Aztec dancing, for those of you that may be considering it, you should do it. Not to mention is like a very cultural connection to to you and to your roots but it's also i mean it's a heck of a cardio by the way that comes as pero bueno eso fue eso fue eso so transferring matt navigating the the community college system was uh was was very interesting um after that i did come back home and started slowly at least my next semester i didn't fail any classes i mean i got all c's or whatever una que otra para arriba para abajo pero i passed them all and i was kind of told I don't want to say force, but they would always tell me. So I'm like, okay, I need to go see Miss this lady Castillo, some lady, una señora que se apellida Castillo. I'm like, okay, she's from the transfer center. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went to go see. I would say I, I attribute that to her of getting kind of like that last like tienes que qué estás haciendo type of thing. Um, she's like, you know, imagine yourself una una tía de esas tías. Um, I always say this story by the way. Una tía mayor esa que viene enojona, like, oh my god, you know, here comes my tía. Um, but everyone pays attention to that tia, you know, because or that person, that family member, when, like when they talk, you kind of listen because you know, like, okay, this person is like, you don't want to be on their bad side. So I go with her and like, you know, she, she tells me what's up. She basically scolds me. And then pues me dice, all right, ya que te regañé, this is what you got to do. This is what you're going to take. Dun, 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 dun. Where do you want to transfer? And I'm like, uh, what's, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't even know the name of universities. All I knew was like Stanford and stuff like that, right? And the one close by, which is Monterey, CSU Monterey. And I was like, well, anything that's not Monterey, pero que no tan lejos. And then she's like, well, there's San Jose State. And I'm like, yeah, let's do San Jose. I mean, I've been to San Jose. I've gone to the airport. I've gone to La Pulga. I've gone to Great America. Yeah, let's do that one. <laughs> that one sounds like, uh, I, I know where that's at. So I, she tells me, all right, you're going to do this and this and this. Da, da, da. Just quiero que vengas a verme at the end of the semester. And then from there. So I met, I would see her twice a semester. So she would tell me, I want you here. Tal día. All right. Something that the other lady didn't do, like I told you. So then, yeah, I finished my academic in community college. I transferred. Graduating from community college, I would say, is one of my proudest moments. And one of the things que lo hago con orgullo y levanto el cuello. Because there's the big stigma of attending community college. But for me, it's I am a product of community college for the good, for the bad. But I'm a product of it. I am proud of it. And I know there's a lot of work that needs to be done there as well. That hopefully one day I do get the opportunity to work in a community college and do some change there. Pero no se verdad. And yeah, so I, I transferred San Jose State. When I got to San Jose State as a transfer student in spring, the spring semester, normalmente people transfer for the fall. 
but I transferred for the spring. It was uh, empezar la, your CSU or four-year experience with the left foot, I would say. My parents were in this situation financially really bad. Um, and I voy yo entrando a una escuela donde there's a bunch of people, like 30,000 students. I'm like, oh my God, I've never, what is this? You know, are we, donde estamos? Are we like, in, in, again, like in La Pulga? There's a heck of people here. What the heck? And a bunch of people from different cultures. It's super hot because it's, it's San Jose. Well, maybe not in January, but it's it's San Jose. There's a lot of palm trees. Where am I at? What am I doing here? You know, thinking of all the problems at home. But the CSU experience, I would, um, te podré decir que is where everything went to the next level. Um, it, it took me del, de aquí del cielo, digo, aquí de la, del, del suelo hasta, hasta las nubes, ¿no? No puedo decir hasta el cielo. Y a las estrellas, porque todavía no, a lo mejor no he llegado ahí, ¿no? I'm still working to get to the dream place of, like, be satisfied with what I've accomplished or whatever. I, I don't think I ever will be, but I would say, like, it, it helped me. See, uh, San Jose State helped me uh, really develop myself. It really helped me grow. I also made mistakes. But siempre, como te dije al principio, con la mentalidad y, con la, y, la, y sabiendo todo lo que he vivido, Aquí no lo puedo y no voy a dejar. It was a, I'll let you ask another question, by the way, but because I, I, I don't, I don't, I want to touch on this after también. But all the, at San Jose State, I never, it was a change of mentality. People may call it arrogant or not, but at San Jose State, I did not let myself be uh, silenced. I did not let myself be nothing but myself. I was always myself in a classroom with professors or with students. Obviously, it was intimidating to go up to a professor at times, but I was always myself in a presentation. And I'm like, if you can do this, I can do this too. If you can go up there, I can. And I don't know what it was. Like I told you, I don't know when that happened, but I, I would attribute it to San Jose State. No, I I can. There's no words. When you say that you get you get your confidence you get to think beyond the world that you that you thought you knew like te abre te abre, te abre una puerta de oportunidades que dices por qué no las miré antes mm -hmm. Th that's what college did for me digo o sea puedo ser lo que yo quiera de, y no importa de dónde venga that's what that's what my college experience was y como dices tú it shaped you. It it made you feel confident. It made you say, I'm going to show up to whatever class, but I'm going to show up como, como yo. O sea, no voy a cambiar por nadie. No voy a cambiar porque, porque I'm trying to fit in or because I'm influenced to do this. O sea, voy a ser yo y that's enough. And I think that's the power of education. Pero most importantly, it's the importance of mentorship and guidance and somebody saying, I see you, but here's how, how you can do it too. Like that, they give you a roadmap, they give you that guidance. Esa información de que, you know, the first day you're going to get your syllabus and this is how you should see your syllabus. This is your guidance. This is how you're supposed to see it. Nomás dando esa información, tú ya estás como alerta. Ya sabes 
qué onda vas a hacer, cómo y cómo vas a, how you're gonna navigate that. Pero cuando you're a first gen y nadie te dice eso y cuando no tienes como que la hermana mayor que te va a decir, hazlo de esta manera o el papá que te va a decir, hijo, like, yo ya hice eso, a, toma estas clases, conozco a este profesor y yo le doy dinero a, 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 la, a la cualquier organization that they are. We don't have that experience. So that's why our education journey looks different y por eso cuando llegamos y, y logramos ese, ese logro, for you it was, you know, being able to transfer and graduate from community colleges and say, de aquí vengo, pero aquí, aquí no me voy a quedar, voy por más. You know, that was, that was a huge the huge accomplishment, pero mm -hmm. is there anything else que, diz, que digas that college me formó? ¿Algo más? Otra, ¿Alguna otra más experiencia? Sí, de, definitivamente, como te dije, um, estando en San Jose State, I, um, I would bring with me and show everybody, look, this is what, this is who I am. This is, I am from the 831, like I told in the beginning. I represent my parents. I represent the Salad Bowl. I represent Miss Castillo, Reyes, Jorge, all those people who were there for me. I represent all of them because they've all left a mark in me, in my life. Y es una manera de decir, ¿y sabes qué? Yo los voy a representar ustedes acá. Podré ser yo. I'm the face. But I'm also bringing all of y'all with me, ¿no? And, um, yeah, so yo te podré decir que once I got those degree, I can be like, hey, look at me now, Miss Gray. You didn't help me for nothing, but look at me. Look, look where I'm at. Thanks nothing to you, right? To the high school counselors that I was telling you earlier. But, Yeah, and San Jose State, como te digo, I, there was a lot of things that I got involved in, luckily, which um, sometimes they just happened. And sometimes I look for them here and there. But there was also a lot of, a, a lot of things that I missed out on, I would say. Um, I got involved in student organizations. I became a brother of a fraternity. Um, I also established a student leader coalition for Latino students. But I also missed out on being part of EOP. You know, I didn't apply. No one told me. I didn't know. I didn't I didn't. No, no, no. So I, I missed out on that. I always wanted to study abroad um, and I didn't I didn't know how to do it or how to pay for it because I, I did go to informational, but it sounded all nice. And then when I went to try to fill it out, they're like, oh, well, I was like, okay, great. Well, that sounds all great. But how how, how am I going to pay for this? Like, where do I work? Because I was going to go to Spain. Like, how can I work to pay all this? Oh, you don't get to pay. I mean, you don't get to work. You just have to just pay. I'm like, what? It's a lot of money. <laughs> I don't, I don't have that kind of money. So my, that dream went out of the picture. Um, maybe I could have done scholarships. I don't know, right? But I, I just a lot of opportunities that were missed, or that I missed out on, uh, for lack of guidance, for not knowing, and um, you know, which kind of sucks. But uh, which I try to provide with my students today, and what I do, I tell my students, yo, look, I'm here. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you this is the way to happiness or this is how you find your purpose <laughs> get it um or your major but i'm going to provide to you and show you look these are all the opportunities that are out here you decide what you want you pick what route you want to take and if it's a route that i may think is not the right one i'll tell you what i think if you ask for my opinion and if it goes well awesome And if it doesn't, no pasa nada. It's another learning experience. I'm not here to prevent you from falling. I'm here to, in case you do fall to help you come back up. And if you don't fall, to help you continue taking you to that next level. 
And it's something that I, that I, it's a style that I have that it helped me for the people that, that helped me here and there. And that I wish I had someone like that to tell me, sabes que, like, está bien. Pero si, if you mess up, you'll have someone who you can talk to. And I didn't have that someone, right? I, I couldn't talk to my parents about certain things at San Jose State or community college. And at San Jose State, I did not have an EOP advisor. I didn't have an advisor who to go talk to. But when I joined these student organizations, slowly and slowly, I had a community that I can connect with, a group of people who I can learn from. And essentially, como te digo, yo siempre he sido um, esa persona que would always go, always go up to the professors because that's what I was taught at Arnell to go up to the professors and not feel intimidated to talk to them and ask them whatever, you know? So some people would call it teacher's pet. I call it being smart porque uh, it's a, uh, they're the ones who will write you letters of rack now or they're the ones who you are, are in the field and have done it already. And like I said, it's it's opportunities that I w would say I, I was able to get. I learned a lot again from those crucial uh, experiences, from those people, from my mistakes too, again, and from working. I've always worked since I was uh, 18. Uh, after I got kicked out, I came back and um, I started working. Yeah, I started working at Hollister, <laughs> La Tienda. So I always was working and um, while school, while getting involved, while everything. And I don't know. I just think that that's the... Todo eso conjugado me, me convirtió en la persona que, que soy, como te digo, en la, la mentalidad que tengo. Ahora es, es continuar, ¿no? Continuar creciendo, aprendiendo, and speaking my voice and my using my platforms to let other people share their experiences and have a voice, just like what you're doing right now. Yeah. Ay, ay, ya no hay, no hay palabras en, como te digo, siempre la, las experiencias de la vida, they, they, they shape you and, and, and they make you who you are, they make you strong, pero a veces también te convierten sensibles, te convierten en una persona where you're understanding, when you have empathy, when you have, it's just, that's just the way we come y, 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 y no queda de otra y siempre que hay, que hay echarle ganas, pero, Is there something, Ben, que te dijeras to your younger self? Ahora que ya sabes y todo lo que has pasado, que dijeras, Chin, si yo tuviera este, este consejito, lo, lo, hubiera, lo hubiera sabido antes, que si lo quisieras decir a, a somebody that is in your shoes now. Yo podría decir que it's okay to be happy. You know, just be happy, smile, and... Um... Don't don't let like don't be afraid of of doing that and obviously like you know speaking up and saying what you want etc. Pero yo creo que in all those moments of silence, como te digo, at home and at school, I I would say I, my my smile was a fake one, you know. Um, so just don't be afraid of 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 seeking that happiness, no? Porque nuestros nuestros propósitos en esta vida in our dreams. I hope they bring us comfort and that's where we're going to be happy, you know? So just seeking that from a young age, this is what makes me happy and this is what I want to do. This is what I like. I hope it's a, it's an, es una, es una enseñanza y, un, y algo que podrás llevar siempre con, contigo en tu vida, ¿no? Yeah. Esa, lo que te, whatever makes you smile, whatever que dices, ching, qué hora son, ya me pasé del tiempo, like, try to do more, more that type of work, porque cuando uno hace y 
hace o, o estás haciendo, o estás haciendo lo, el trabajo, lo que sea, y no miras el tiempo y, y tienes una sonrisa después de que terminas, eso lo que hace que la vida <risa> valga la pena que se pueda decir, ¿verdad? Pero, ¿is there something that you do now, Ben, para cuidarte, el self-care que digas, You know, this is what keeps me grounded, this is what keeps me centered, porque vivimos en un mundo donde los tenemos que cuidar and we have to talk about mental health, porque no es algo que se habló, o personalmente no se habló este, en mi casa, era un, un topic muy tabú, pero algo que, que, que haces ahorita para cuidarte. Yeah, taking care of, of my mental health um, right now, I mean, I would tell you if it wasn't for a pandemic, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I go to concerts, you know, I like to travel, um, I like to go and try new restaurants and this and that, pero esto no se puede, ¿no? So all those things are kind of like, what? That was like, that was life before. But I would say right now, in 2021, in March, as much as like it could be a lot of like scheduling and this and prepping yo podré decir que podcast that i that i started and the instagram lives that i do talking to people as much as hosting like i said it's its own thing <laughs> hearing other people's experiences and connecting with other people and getting inspired by their stories and just just being like a, a un espectador de las vidas de ellos that's that's what gives me like comfort it helps me after i finish an interview whether it's a podcast or an Instagram live, I come out of those like with so much like warmth and like my heart is full. Like I'm so energized. I'm like, heck yes. And I just did this. This is awesome. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope people get to see this. I hope people get to hear this. And that right now, as much as, again, as much as like there's a lot of planning behind it, it just helps me. Es como otra, pas, otra, otra pieza that was missing in the whole puzzle world that, I, that I've experienced. It's just like another piece, boom. Y me ayuda. Um, so yo podré decir que, que eso. Yeah, that's true. Porque como, so tell us, tell us dónde podemos encontrarlos, de encontrarte a ti, Ben. Dónde, where can we find your podcast? Give us all the details. And I would also add all this information in the show notes. Definitely. So if you want to check out my Instagram lives um, or follow me on Instagram, right? So my, my handle, como dicen, no? My, my at is Perez the advisor así nomás Perez the advisor um, and feel free to check that out like I post every day and hopefully you find it uh, good <laughs> I'm basically myself you know like I told you the theme of this whole conversation of being silenced in this Instagram I am 100% myself obviously I don't cuss and all that stuff but you know and then the other thing that I do is my podcast like I mentioned so it's called Latinx Greek life and that podcast you can find it pretty much anywhere um, for the like the most famous podcast um, providers or host you can find it on Apple Podcasts on Spotify Google Podcasts um, Pandora iHeartRadio it gets crazy <laughs> Amazon Music I don't even yeah all those and like it's only in muchos pero you can find them in all those I remember when I started like I'm like, that needs to be everywhere. But yeah, you can find it pretty much all those. So it's Latinx Greek Life and Perez Advisor at Instagram. Obviously, you can always find me on YouTube. The same thing. It's called Perez Advisor. You can find me on TikTok. It's the same thing. Perez Advisor. LinkedIn, pues, I mean, if you can find me, feel free. Uh, but for the most part, I would say those are the main ones. I do have like a Facebook page as well, but it's essentially the same thing as, uh, as the Instagram. So I would just say stick to Instagram. 
in the podcast. Sounds good. Well, Ben, thanks so much. This has been such a great conversation. I am super grateful for for your time and you know chatting with me and sharing your story, sharing your upbringings. And I am so excited what the future holds for you. And I know that you will continue to be a huge advocate, not just um for what the stories we're telling, but also for for the community where you come from. I know that you are shaping it and that you will be um, recognized as a community leader. So thank you so much for, for, for everything that you've shared with, with my listeners today. No, thank you so much. And uh, muchas gracias a ti por esta oportunidad. Y I'm sure this won't be the last time you and I will collaborate because it's, uh, se ocupa toda la unidad de nosotros para poder hacer ese cambio generacional. Muchas gracias. Yep, agreed.